Hi, and welcome to Walk to Work, my first annual uh, year in review, a whole year of podcasting. I'm really excited. Um, didn't really think I would last this long, and I have, and it's not quite as bad as I thought, so I'll probably keep going. Spoiler alert. Um, today I want to talk a little bit about, yeah, how this year's gone. Um, things I thought I did well, things thought I'd like to improve on. Um, have a little kind of review of um, topics that I've covered and uh, maybe uh, what kind of things I'm uh, um, uh, are coming up to there'll be more of what kinds of things maybe there'll be less of um, and then have a look what the future holds um, so yeah uh, keeping it up for a whole year is a pretty big thing for me I'm not very good at forming habits um, Fortunately, because of the whole record on my way to work idea, it doesn't require much uh, life adjustment to make it work. And it's one of the few things you can actually do. Like, I'm going to be going to work regardless. And so then, of course, the issues are uh, preparedness, amount of time I actually have uh, between um, being ready to leave uh, and uh, having to be at work, uh, like any of the solid half hour to 40 minutes uh, and often I leave uh, home with just um, exactly the with no uh, time in hand or often I leave home and then have to catch a bike um, then uh, there's the weather uh, whether it's rainy weather or windy weather I know uh, several people have been like hey Greg uh, um, your podcast is great and all but uh, do do something about the wind I cannot listen to this and um, yeah, I haven't re-listened to any episodes very much recently, and so I'm not sure how bad the wind is. And as you'll know, I'm used to listening to uh, "Drive to Work" by Mark Rosewater, uh, and there, there's just the sounds of his car uh, that's in the background, plus other traffic sometimes. And I'm kind of just used to it, especially as I also mostly listen to podcasts while walking uh, through traffic, uh, as opposed to other situations. Um, yeah, so just finally have a sunny day in Edinburgh, which we haven't had for quite a while now. And so I guess that's another factor, is how much I'm able to have a backlog. Uh, and so I like to have a two to three week backlog. Uh, and sometimes that's been reduced down to just one week, and then I feel a little bit pressured. And today, actually, I've been wanting to record all week, but having to arrive early in work plus weather uh, means that I'm literally recording this on the day of. And so I'll be pacing... Uh, publish uh, very shortly after having uh, finished recording. Um, so yeah, I think the whole thing works out fairly well. Um, talking out off the cuff without uh, sounding too annoying, without sounding too rambly, without getting too off topic is something that I think I'm doing okay-ish at. I remember the first ones I listened to, there were lots of uh, um, uh, and I think I've gotten slightly better at filling with silence instead of filling with filler, annoying filler words. I haven't got that much better at not rambling on. So a lot of these have gotten on a little bit longer than I would like. Um, and I think uh, speaking off the cuff works better for some topics than for others. So sometimes I have to do a lot of prep 
and even sometimes with the prep I'm like eh is this actually a topic that's good for addressing in a podcast I'm not quite sure um things I've had less success with uh, it feels that part of the idea is just to throw things out there and that works for me in terms of if I have something on my mind I kind of get it out of my system uh, by doing a podcast on it but um, actually having conversations with people based on it and kind of uh, discussing uh, the ideas that I put forth in these podcasts um, hasn't happened all that much uh, and I'm not entirely sure what it is is it the format is it that you would have to comment on Facebook is it that I'm sharing and posting on a Friday and that's just not the good day um, is it that what I'm actually saying is just boring and no one has anything to say about it Strong possibility there, I guess. Uh, but I have had quite a few people be like, oh, I really like listening to your podcast. Uh, and it's a bit difficult, I think, measuring readerships of podcasts uh, because I don't know if we can tell if someone has listened through in the entirety or not. Um, and so maybe for some of the more popular episodes, people have just downloaded, listened to three minutes, been like, what is this shit? Uh, and there we go. Uh so not quite sure whether the uh, the the median episodes has about a hundred uh, listens according to whatever the stats I have are. Um, I'm using Anchor as a podcasting platform, and that works out quite well because the mobile app is uh, okay to good. Uh, I just press record, and then I press publish, or I go home, press publish, and I can schedule things to be published. Uh, uh, ahead of time so that I don't even have to actually be there to publish uh, and then I just remember to, to, to share on Facebook um, but yeah just generally not very much conversation and even the people who've been like I liked your podcast I'm like okay which episode what did you like about it it's not a very good conversation starter um, unless it's just done terrible at having conversations which also a distinct possibility I've found that not only do I get kind of rambly on the podcast and I think the stats show that shorter episodes do slightly better than longer ones uh, I also now tend to ramble in real life like you kind of give me a topic and say go and I can ramble on for 25 to 30 minutes on it uh, quite happily and I tend to have to remember that that's not how we actually have conversations um, in real life and yeah I guess again though the things I do not so well uh, not having kind of uh, engagement back uh, or uh, discussing means that I'm not sure which episodes people actually enjoy want to hear more of versus not uh, and when I'm less sure about the appropriateness of the topics I'm discussing uh, I'm also don't kind of get that uh, people checking me and be like hey Greg that thing, that was really good the way you did it, or that thing, eh, it was good, but that's not quite how you maybe could have done it. Uh, so if you have ideas about that, like, hey Greg, here's how I would like to engage with your podcast, uh, please drop me a line. Um, gregdyke at gmail.com is how you can reach me by email, otherwise Gregory Dyke on Facebook. Uh, I think most people who listen to this are my friends on Facebook. 
Uh, so if you wanted to comment or drop me a line, you could. Uh, I know one person said that they always enjoy getting weather updates from Edinburgh. So yes, still springtime, uh, still daytime. Um, although I guess technically it's not springtime. Oh, it maybe still is. Um, yeah, we, we daytime and the birds are singing and there are a few clouds in the sky, but it's mostly blue skies and nice weather, uh, which we haven't had that much of in the past few weeks, as I was saying. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, some of the topics uh, that got addressed, I'm going to go through kind of all the episodes uh, in kind of, not order, but uh, some kind of organised structure, uh, which is how I've been uh, posting them sporadically uh, on my blog. So uh, we have uh, art, uh, episodes about dance in general. So I've talked about trad versus folk aesthetics. I've talked about European versus African-American dance. I've talked about the history of European folk dance. I've talked about um, revivalism and um, diaspora. I've talked about respect and meaningfulness uh, when we're participating in revivalism and diaspora dances. Uh, and I talked about my uh, opinion, perception of uh, fusion. Uh, there have been a couple of episodes about dance and gender roles. Those, I think, have been the most commented on. Uh, and so maybe I need to go have more episodes about that. Uh, so dance uh, and gender roles... Uh, and how they uh, kind of interact. Um, and uh, a series uh, about whether men are actually interested in having good dances that generate a lot of interesting conversation. And then uh, kind of an idea of flow and how flow works on following and how flow intersects with men uh, being intimidated by uh, women followers. Um, then did a couple of uh, things specifically about blues idiom dances, uh, blues idiom dances, what they are, and how I've uh, been experimenting with teaching blues idiom dance combined uh, with partnering technique and making them uh, embedded in each other. And that's actually something that's kind of caught on. Like, uh, a lot of our recent, well, a lot of the recent teaching in Edinburgh has been Jess and me and we've either been teaching together or partnering with other people to teach. Uh, but pretty much, I'd say 80% of the classes are grounded in one or more blues idiom dances. Um, a lot of them we put in a kind of generic one-step or two-step of ballroom in, because there's a lot of technique that can be done there. Uh, but I think that's a, a marked contrast to um, how classes, how... I've been doing classes maybe two years ago uh, and also to a lot of how people um, ha have been doing classes uh, that I've seen. So I'm excited about that. Um, then a big one that I'm kind of proudest of and most concerned about is talking about dance and race. Uh, so one of my most listened to episodes was uh, Why Race is Relevant to Lindy Hop. Uh, and then I've started this series on uh, reading black and white styles in conflict. I have four episodes so far. I think it's going to stretch to 10 or 15 episodes before I'm done with the book. Uh, so that will keep us all going. <laughs> um, 
and uh, have a multi-part series, three episodes so far, on uh, how cultural appropriation is a thing and kind of counter-arguments to some of the um, most obvious um, uh, typical rebuttals of uh, the concept of cultural appropriation. So then had some things on dance technique, uh, talked about uh, counterbalance, connection and stretch, talked about metaphors for leading and following, uh, talked about the importance of femur heads uh, in dancing and talked about um, how to lead and follow anything, which is kind of a, a class report, uh, partly, but also uh, partly uh, my theory on how to lead and follow anything, yeah. I uh, had many on teaching and learning. Uh, I guess it's because also that's something that I actually have an expertise in uh, that most dancers and most dance teachers uh, don't. Um, unless they're trained uh, as, as teachers, obviously, which many dance teachers are. Um, so I guess I meant most uh, kind of dance teachers I'd expect to be listening, uh, which is uh, not the Heat Big Cheese international ones or the uh, formerly trained ones. Anyways, yes, taking foot out of mouth. Uh, so we talked about uh, beginner dance classes. We talked about dance mode immersions, uh, lines in African dance class, uh, taking privates. Uh, talked about... Um, some theoretical bases for learning, uh, so what I think of starting with the basics, learning, prior knowledge and transfer, uh, zone proximal development, scaffolding and interleaving, uh, epistemological frames, uh, and then two that are kind of borrowed from uh, Mark Wat Rosewater's Drive to Work, uh, one on narrative equity, so how you take uh, experiences that you have in dance class or that are help uh, that dance classes help you have and transform them into stories so it's own, its own uh, special kind of fun where the, the fun is that you get a good story to tell out of your experience um, dance learner psychographics uh, not quite sure where I'm going where, uh, where that one went with I tried to engage people in discussion uh, on Facebook and that didn't necessarily play out so well uh, so I'm not sure that it's the one that uh, that it's one that has much future. Uh, but I'm kind of interested in checklists for classes, so I think I'm going to talk more about what uh, kinds of checklists I would have uh, ideally for uh, dance classes. And another one about uh, kind of what I did on my summer vacation when I went and taught somewhere, uh, talking about uh, my experience teaching at Biblused. Uh Oh yeah, I'll be teaching there next... Uh, next uh, September in actually quite a short while Woo. Uh, and then last kind of topic I talked on but not as much as I thought was body mechanics uh, so why body mechanics is useful and important for partner dancing um, some post focus, uh, episodes focusing specifically on Alexander technique uh, diving deeper into the ideas of agency and attention and diving deeper into the idea that you can't learn the same thing twice. Uh, some uh, An episode about Franklin Method, and then some things that I've learnt uh, mainly from Franklin Method um, about uh, the pelvis, about the foot, 
about posture and the weak muscle chain fallacy, and lastly about um, grounding, which I guess kind of ties the pelvis and the foot together through the leg. Uh, so yeah, lots more to talk about uh, in dance and race, if just finishing my book reporty type things. Um, one thing I'd like to do for the future is kind of have uh, some guests, and that's its own thing because I'm not someone who's necessarily very good at interviewing, so I'm not quite sure what that format would look like. Um, but definitely uh, featuring other voices, um, especially uh, black voices, uh, would probably be uh, a good thing. Um, Lots more to talk about in learning and teaching, I think. Um, I have a whole bunch of notes uh, from uh, more uh, theoretical concepts to, to go through at some point, uh, plus my beloved checklists. Um, lots more in uh, body mechanics to cover. Um, and some random ideas here and there. Uh, if you have topics that you'd like uh, me to cover, please uh, drop me a line. Um, if you uh, like the idea of my having guests and would like to guest um, and have a chat with me about whatever, preferably related to dance and music and something, I guess, uh, during my walk to work, I'd be happy uh, to, to be in touch with you on that. And I guess that's another thing I'd like to have kind of more uh, collaborations with other content creators whether they're creating podcasts, whether they're creating blogs, uh, or whether they're just talking a lot uh, on Facebook. Um, yeah, do I have a last parting thing? Yeah, no, that's it. Plans for the future. Keep going. Um, it's kind of, I was thinking, hey, maybe I should stop. And I'm wondering, oh, 100 would be a nice target, or maybe two years would be a nice target. Um, and I feel that there's slightly a trickle... Uh, in or um, uh, an end to the trickle or an end to the flow of whether I still <coughs> sorry have a lot of things to talk about, but generally I'm or uh, since January I think I've had sort of only the next four or so episodes in my head, and then been wondering oh once I've done those four what will I talk about? And I always found plenty of stuff, so probably I'll still continue to find plenty of stuff. Um, and yeah, I'd like to find ways to engage with the community more. I'm not sure uh, what those ways are and what that looks like. But uh, that would be a good thing to make uh, this whole uh, endeavor more worthwhile, I think. Uh, and also, I guess, to, to grow to more listeners. Because it's nice to reach 60-odd uh, of you uh, weekly and tell you uh, what the weather is like in Edinburgh. And what I'm thinking right now. Uh, but it would be also uh, nice to, to, to reach more people. So yeah, uh, if you have comments about any of the things I've talked about this year, let me know. If you have ideas for things you'd like to hear me talk about, let me know. And if you had friends who uh, would enjoy listening to this podcast, let them know. Um, next week, I think I'm going to either talk about body mechanics or Juneteenth or cultural appropriation or black and white stars in conflict haven't quite decided yet uh, but that's I guess what's coming up in the next few weeks uh, I will see you next time until then take care